0: You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL.
1: He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and
0: noise of the National Football League.
1: Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to a Thursday episode of Huddle Up a Football Podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey, as always. Hi, Corey. Howdy. Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the huddle. It's been a wild week, in a week that was really kind of shadowed by a global pandemic. I guess global and pandemic kind of do mean the same thing. Pandemic, coronavirus. In a week that shut down March Madness and the NBA, And the MLB, you know, they've got some significant ramifications from this. The NFL kept rolling. And at 11.59 a.m. on Monday, that was the final second to put a franchise tag on a player. And seconds after, free agency opened. And what a free agency it has been. The tampering period is done. And we're officially in the league's new year. But here's what's interesting. All these deals, all these updates, all these, all these notifications that Schefter and Garofalo, none of these deals are final until, the, tampering, until the, the, the restrictions from the coronavirus have been lifted and a team's doctor or an independent doctor. There are some cases where an independent doctor can do this. But until these team's doctors do their physical, these deals aren't final. Don't be surprised if some of these deals back out in three months I'm just telling you right now, this is not final. But it's been fascinating. It's so good for it to be back. And there have been some big-time signings. So we wanted to do something different today. So for this game, I'll ask a question. First person in that answers, if they answer correctly, they get their choice. And if they answer incorrectly, the other person gets their choice. So there's a little strategy here, okay? And the first question, the first topic will be, the most notable or the most significant re-signs, the free agents that were re-signed by their original team. So here's the question. In 2019, Jameis Winston led all quarterbacks in interception, as we all know, with 30 interceptions. There were only two other quarterbacks with more than 19. Who was one of those two quarterbacks?
2: Phillip Rivers.
1: Daniel got it. Daniel, what's your most notable or favorite re-sign at a free agency?
2: I I think the one that helps their team the most um, is Amari Cooper. I mean, easy one, I know. But when he arrived, he completely changed that team. That's what was missing um, on, on the Cowboys offense. You know, they had Zeke. They were just feeding the ball over and over, passing and rushing. And they just didn't have any help. They drafted Gallup, who was a rookie. And so they were kind of struggling to find an identity. Well, Marty Cooper came along, completely changed that offense. Dak turned into, um, you know, super Dak is what he, you know, would, would call it. Uh, led the league in passing. Uh, just completely changed that team on offense. So um, I think Marty Cooper had the biggest uh, ramifications on, on, you know, as far as who helps their team the most on who re I
0: like that um I like that because I mean we talked about maybe they franchise tagged both of those guys but I think he was the one to re-sign because he is so young he is so productive Or like a guy like Dak we talked about it we don't know if he is the real deal he's kind of in the middle but we know Mari Cooper is one of the best in the league he's consistent Um And like I said with his age I I just think it's a home run They locked him in that's what they needed to
1: do It's remarkable yeah. Yeah, It's remarkable what they paid they paid a first round pick And they paid A hundred million dollars it's incredible What they paid for him I think that was the right thing to do And much to the chagrin Of Dak Prescott Listen here's the deal if Dak Prescott Shows up and does his does The right thing which is to play under the franchise Tag and his franchise tagged again. He'll be paid about thirty five thousand dollars thirty five million dollars a year. I'm sorry. I think from what I understood, the the Cowboys made a long term offer that would have paid him about that. Is that Daniel? We had talked about that. Right? Is that what? Is that the case?
2: And that's what we heard. And I I don't know what Dak is trying to accomplish here. I know he wants to be the highest paid. Uh, but I was listening to. Uh, I think it was an episode of Get Up, and it was Dan Orlovsky talking about, you know, he is already currently being offered, you know, Jared Goff money, um, up in the top five quarterbacks in the league money, which is huge. They all sign the biggest contracts over and over and over, and they're all the richest, you know, players in the NFL. And the fact that Dak just keeps saying no, I, I fear that he's going to cripple this team. Uh, it's a good thing that Dallas went out and spent $100 million on Amari Cooper. Because that was the focus. You know, it's the whole discussion of do you sign Amari Cooper or do you sign Dak Prescott? Um, who's going to help your franchise more in the long term? Arguably, Amari Cooper. I mean, you could put another decent quarterback in that backfield with Zeke and Amari Cooper in that offense and that offensive line. And, you know, he may not have the identical numbers, but. Dak Dak is replaceable and I think he's got to realize that and he he just he wants more and more and more and I think he's getting caught up in it and I don't know that there's going to be an end to this it may get ugly before it gets better regardless
1: of the Dak Prescott conversation I agree with you that Amari Cooper is a centerpiece in Dallas's offense moving forward Amari Cooper is what Des Bryant used to be Corey What's your favorite resign?
0: My favorite is Anthony Costanzo to the Colts, and maybe that's because I'm a Colts fan. But they are. <laughs>
1: hot take. I'm kidding. I hate Corey. I love that. I love the take. And the, and I'm going to interrupt you because I hit you with the hot take button. I believe that if Anthony Costanzo, I've said this a million times privately, if Anthony Costanzo is the worst player on your offensive line. That's a good problem to have. So I'm sorry for hitting you with the hot take, but you are a Colts fan saying a Colts player. So I had to do it. I'm I sorry.
0: Obviously the Colts think they're in a win now mode, especially with the trade with uh, San Francisco for Buckner. And I think the O-line is the the centerpiece for all this because you bring in a guy like Philip Rivers who hasn't had an O-line in years. Uh, you know this O-line has been successful. I call it the Mack truck. You know, the combination of that O-line and Marlon Mack, they've been so successful. They're they're the reason they won those games at the beginning of the season last year. And I think they're what's gonna make this offense click. And just keeping him there and not having to find a replacement just holds it all together. And I think it keeps the Colts in that position to win now. Um I was leaving work today, I was listening to the radio. He's the I think they just made him the highest paid left tackle in the league which I didn't know, um, which I don't know if he's really deserving of that because he's not the best left tackle in the league. He's, I would say he's above average, but just to keep that whole group together, I think it's essential, and it was something that they had to do, and they got it done. I think Chris Bowers is a great GM. Um, I, I love it. I love it.
2: Tony, who's your favorite?
1: Man. I mean, Amari Cooper is the easy answer. I like Ryan Tannehill's I hope, I hope deal. I like Ryan Tannehill's deal when I found out as soon as the CBA was passed. I think I put out on Twitter that that meant that Derrick Henry was getting franchise tagged. Uh, I like the Ryan Tannehill deal. They did four years, $118 million. That man got paid. They called him the Comeback Player of the Year at the NFLPA or the NF, or what is that? The AP, the Associated Press, Comeback Player of the Year Award. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, Tennessee paid him for that. And then they got rid of Marcus Mariota. That deal, I think is the deal that made the most sense when people were talking about Tom Brady and, uh, Vrabel. What's the, say the name for me.
2: Mike Vrabel. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Vrabel. When they were talking about that connection, it made a lot of sense, but Ryan Tannehill is the horse that got you there. Ride him all the way through. I really like almost everything that Tennessee has done this, this, uh, The few days of this season, I guess the few hours of this season, but signing Ryan Tannehill to a four-year deal is the deal that makes the most sense to me. So that's my favorite. What
0: I will say about that deal is I'm not a big fan of the length. I don't know the details. There's been a lot of information that came out, but I'm not a fan of the length, but the money is right because if he falls on his face in the next year or two, um. I, you're not paying them a ton of money, so you'll be all right. I just wish it was shorter, but it sounds like it's pretty front-loaded, so they'll be all right. I do like it. Who
1: won the Who won the question? That was uh, Daniel. You did? Um, Go man. ahead. Ask your question. Yeah. This is for the best acquisition, so a free agent that was not signed by the team that originally held the contract. Go ahead.
2: So... We all know the NFL MVP award has been around for a while. Uh, looked it up, 1957. Since then, there has been two years where there have been co MVPs of the NFL. Oh no! So this is a this is a there's there's two different answers here that you can choose. There was one in '97 and one in 2003 where two players split the award. Who are those players?
1: Oh, Jesus no. Jesus
2: Christ. In
0: 2003, it was
2: Steve McNair and Brett Favre. Close. No, he got uh, one of them. No way. You one of them. You should
1: have said one of the You should have said one of the two. Give it to him. You should have said one of the two. Okay,
2: okay. okay you should sure. have said one of the Steve two. McNair. Okay, good job, I'm shocked with you guys being such radical Colts fans. Steve McNair split that award
1: with Peyton Manning. In Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Wait a minute. So what was the other one? So here's 2003 is <laughs> Steve McNair, Tennessee Titans, Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts. What was the other one? Yep. Barry Sanders, Brett Favre. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
2: Barry Sanders, Brett
0: Favre. Okay.
1: Real quick, that was Good a job. complete
0: shot in the dark, but I grew up, Steve McNair was one of my favorite players, a combo of Steve McNair and Eddie George. That just brings me back, and then I guess Brett Favre,
2: R- RIP. Uh, Brett
0: Favre and Donald Driver, growing up, they're my second favorite pair. So, those are, those, are, those are a couple of my favorite teams growing up.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm a Ravens fan. So, Steve McNair came over to play a little stint with us. So, there's a little spot in my heart for him as well. Oh, I like it. <laughs> hey, my,
1: my. Corey, what's your favorite free agent my acquisition? My favorite acquisition
0: is Bridgewater to the Panthers. Because I hate Cam Newton so much, I think he's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not really what this is. But I think Bridgewater is just going to be a real upgrade for this offense. I think he's a really smart player. I don't think he's going to try to do too much. I don't think he's too self-centered. I think Cam Newton is a little bit overrated as a leader. I think Bridgewater, he's sat behind Breeze. He's learned how to command a team and be the owner of that offense. I think with the combination of uh, McCaffrey – Wide receivers on the outside. Uh, who's the new coach, Matt Rule? Um, yeah, I think Matt Ruh- Bridgewater's kind of he he leans towards a college offense. That's where he was he's been most successful in his football career. Um, I think it's going to be a perfect fit. He's going to be reliable in the short game and long. You know, in the on the long passes, I don't know, but I think he, he's going to be a lot more reliable than Cam Newton. And just, I, he's just an overall upgrade, I think. He's younger. If he's super successful, he can keep this offense rolling. He's that's somebody they can keep around for a long time. The Panthers have been a team who have – they've been a solid team for a long time. It's just been the quarterback play that's been kind of up and down. So if they can keep that position solid – he's not a superstar, but he's also not junk. Um, I think it's a great pickup for them. I, I didn't see that signing coming at all. But I love it. It was perfect.
1: What um, I saw some stats about 10 to 20-yard plays. Maybe that was a Tom Brady stat. No. What I saw was naysayers saying that Curtis Samuel's career was doomed because Curtis Samuel is just a deep threat, a la DK Metcalf. Wrong, by the way. I agree with you, Corey, that Teddy Bridgewater makes perfect sense in that offense. And to think that Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I mean, you've got three three of these guys. Any three of these guys could be the running back. Let's be honest. Any three of them could be. That's a pretty fascinating situation when you talk about a running a college style offense, a short check down game, high completion, multiple get get the get the yards after the catch forget about the, before the catch forget the interceptions get the catch the ball and and run it down the field this this team is very exciting and i think that teddy bridgewater doesn't get enough credit by the way it wasn't that long ago what was it? he was a first round draft pick daniel do you remember how early i mean was he like i want to say he was like top five pick
2: no, I don't think he was that high. I know the Minnesota
1: drafted him. I'm going to look it up right now.
2: Okay, i I will be. Uh, I will play devil's advocate with you while you look that up uh, because
1: round one pick you know, you 32. I was Teddy, way off. 32.
2: 32 okay. Yeah. Uh, you said Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get enough credit. I I'm a little scared for the Panthers to be honest. I I was never really sold on Bridgewater. You know, he came into the league. He won offensive rookie of the year, um, you know, looked, looked to the part, the stats never lived up to what he was supposed to be the first two years. I mean, the first two years, he didn't throw over 14 touchdowns. Okay. Granted, he didn't have a lot of help. That was an Adrian Peterson dominated offense to where they didn't really have much else, but they tried. Um, (laughs) He hasn't been a starter for five years. But since 2015, he has not been a starter. He had that gruesome injury, which I hate for the guy. Never wish that upon anyone. That's why he hasn't been a and, starter. That's why. Yeah, I mean, and then he signed a backup role, which is all that he could get, obviously, which is fine. Um, I don't know. I I, I looked at his mechanics. You know, coming in, he didn't look all that accurate. Didn't look all that sharp season now he looked like a different quarterback last year so i hope i hope the panthers are getting a quarterback like you said Corey, that they could have for a few years he's still young and kind of grow that that rebuilding team up but i'm i'm a little skeptical i'll, I'll be thrown into the skeptical group that i don't know that teddy bridgewater is someone that i would have you know 100 percent faith in in the in the quarterback room and they say you know that's the starter i uh, i am always cared about it.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I agree. I don't think they brought him in to be a superstar quarterback. One thing I like about this is his contract. It's a three-year, $63 million. So they're not breaking the bank for him. I I just think it's a good – he's an upgrade over Cam Newton, in my opinion. I think you're going to get more consistency, probably better leadership. I think he's the perfect transition quarterback and possibly – you know, your quarterback for the next five, ten years if it works out really well. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, perform really well and take the league, league by storm. I just think it's a very solid signing and a perfect fit for the Panthers. That's why I love it.
2: Cam, I know you're a hater of Cam Newton, Corey. <laughs> Skill-wise, if you're telling me who's more talented when they're both healthy, in my opinion, it's Cam Newton. But that team needs something different. That team has been just kind of stagnant the last few years. Of course, Riverboat Ron has, has held him to a 500 record <laughs> <laughs> for a while now. But uh, they, they needed a change, and they needed to bring in someone younger, someone you know that had multiple skill sets. So it's not I'm on the Cam Newton train, but I, I agree. They needed to bring someone in like this, and they needed to change that team. Well, I know
1: that – here's the deal in the two years so i'm looking at just two years in minnesota 2014 2015 bridgewater was 17 and 11 with a qbr of 87.0 which is man middle of the road right but not that special yeah. but not very long ago 87 quarterback rating was pretty damn good
2: yeah, it was more of a running league still. It was, it was still transitioning into a passing league at that point. Okay,
1: so let's take a look at the situation. Minnesota, run first team, and has been for the last seven or what, how many years? I mean, that's what they are. Yeah. Move to freaking Carolina with Christian McCaffrey. What are you talking about? 87% passer rating is good enough. It's perfect. Don't cost me the game. Don't cost me the game.
0: Just dump it off to McCaffrey like Cam Newton has just a little. Reliable. Well,
1: and no now, now, no, Corey, you hated, you hated Cam Newton for dumping it off no, too much. He's gonna be able to dump on. it off consistently to other people too. I think the deal makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm excited about it. Do you disagree, Daniel? Are you like are you poo pooing all over this? Uh, uh, Corey made a good
2: point. It's not a bad contract. Okay, so if you go out and sign him to Nick Foles' money, yeah, I would be furious. I would be saying. What are the Panthers doing? They're throwing away their whole franchise. They're wasting Christian McCaffrey's, you know, prime years. But I, he's cheap enough, and you know, he could always make up for it. Um, so it, it's only a three-year deal. So yeah, try it out, see how it works, and address it in two years or you know next year if he's horrible. Um, so I, I have my ups and downs about it, but mostly negative.
1: <laughs> well, we can talk about the negatives, but first. What's your favorite free agent acquisition?
2: So I was looking through this list. I, I think I'm going to go a little bit more boring. Um, you know, the Browns are a team that we talk about every offseason now, it seems like. And, you know, they're continually adding pieces and get, trying to get Baker some help. And we're talking playoffs. And last year we were talking more than playoffs. And one thing remained consistent, and their offensive line was still terrible. And there was a tackle that came into free agency that we didn't know was going to happen yet with Tennessee. Um, you know, with the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, uh, both needing to be be back. My favorite so far, and this is just at first glance of this list here, is Jack Conklin, um, right tackle for the Browns. They signed him to a three-year, $42 million deal. The guy's 25 years old. He is very talented. Uh, came to the league out of Michigan State. High draft pick. Um, high regard. He He's a great guy. Um, not anybody that's going to cause any trouble. Um, he's big. And he's going to make a huge difference. And he's going to be around. I think they're going to end up re-signing him after that three-year deal. I think he's going to be a centerpiece for that offensive line for a long time to kind of be protecting Baker and finally get them to where they need to be and help Nick Chubb um, on the way to continuing his, his greatness.
1: I'm also going to take a Browns player. I'm going to take Austin Hooper, but I think it feels like a cheap shot. I don't know. I'm an offensive. I like the offense, you know, it's fun, exciting to think, yeah, to, think no, that's fine. to think about Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper. And yeah, you're right. Conklin, When you add in a little bit of help on the offensive line, I'm not going to get to the point. I'm not willing to fall for it twice. Like, I'm not going to say that the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl. I've said that before, and I was wrong. That was stupid. I should never say that ever again.
0: That was really dumb.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But I'm excited about this. I mean, it's just a little more juice for an already enticing offense at – I love it. I love what the Browns have done this offseason. And as much as I expected them to, you know, to fail, even Case Keenum, even signing Case Keenum makes perfect sense to me. Baker Mayfield, if you don't figure it out, Case Keenum will get us through. Case Keenum can get us good enough that we're not made fun of anymore, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, he led the Vikings to the playoffs. Had I mean, minnesota miracle that was case Keenum, and he's there for three years he, can do it.
1: he signed a three-year deal three years i love yeah, that quality backup i love what they've done yeah they've done a great job case keenum's gonna retire brown it sounds like i would bet so and baker mayfield is gonna look over his shoulder for the next three years and hopefully that's enough to get him to get him over the hump Corey, did you already do your favorite yeah i think you did um i do case
0: keenum's a solid backup. That's about as good of a backup as you can get. So I do like that for the Browns. Uh, Jack Conklin, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about the guy, but looking at the money he got, he's obviously a good player. Um, and, be you know, after Chris Bauer taking over the Colts and rebuilding our offensive line and seeing how bad it was for the previous era, um, that is important. So anytime you can do that and get your quarterback protection, that's great. So I do like that as well. Like I said, I don't know anything about them, but that's always good. Uh, real quick though, my least favorite acquisition is Kyle Van Noy for, to the Dolphins and basically all their acquisitions because on our list here, I see six names and I recognize a lot of them. Um, and, you know, Bowers kind of taken over the Colts and been all about rebuilding through the draft and not going through free agency, but, a team that hasn't been good, you're bringing in a lot of players from different places, and specifically Van Noy. I mean, that's that's a guy you never heard of until he showed up in, you know, the Super Bowl for the Patriots. And the Patriots have been known for kind of finding, getting the best out of guys because they're so smart. And just looking at the contract, uh, there's no way Van Noy is going to be as productive with the Dolphins as he was with the Patriots. I think that's just them kind of reaching and spending their money not very wisely. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be as successful as they're. You know, they have all these free agent signings. I don't see their free agent signings paying off. That's.
1: I'm glad you said that. Give me one second. We got to take a break real quick. Okay. Give me just one second. We're going to take a break and I'm going to pick up right there where you left off. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay up. in the huddle. The huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.